Greetings, it's Dave Zorko with Fatterday Omaha, your connection to food, friendship, and the restaurant industry people that make it happen in Omaha and elsewhere. Do you like pizza, cheese, a crispy edge, a fluffy inside? Want to know how Detroit-style pizza dough is made? Well, you're in luck, because on this episode, you are in the kitchen with me and Izzy's Pizza Bus owner, Brett Geiger, as we put together his signature dough. Brett's dough is an open book. Literally, his notebook with the recipe was open the whole time, and he shared details, ingredients, and technique with me, and therefore with you. Step into where the magic starts for this crafted crust, featured on Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives, and now on our show. So hang on to your fork, stay right where you are, and Fatterday Omaha will be right back. Keep listening if you're hungry. You seem hungry. Good thing your table is ready with Fatterday Omaha. Fatterday Omaha. Eat this. Hello all, Dave Zorko here, and you are in the kitchen with me as I learn how Detroit-style pizza dough from Izzy's Pizza Bus is made with owner and awesome head pizza guy, Brett Geiger. Brett brought out the notebook, mixer, and conversation all in the Trucks and Taps prep kitchen, and you're right there with me to learn all about how the mix is made. Here we go. All right, Brett, so here we are, Trucks and Taps, going to make some, some Izzy's dough. We're going to make some Izzy's dough today. This is fantastic. And I hope it comes out as good as last week. Last week it was really nice. I was super happy with a lot of it, so, so I am always we can keep that up. I'm, I'm always interested about that, like, and so as we kind of move through this process, too, like, when I'm making dough at home, how to know that it's a good mix, or I got enough water, that it feels right, or whatever, so, you know. Yeah. Show as we move through. Show me the inputs, the sensory things that you're figuring For out. For sure, yeah, you know, so, yeah. No, yeah. it's it's something you just read over time. It's your baby, you know. You develop it, you let it grow. You know how it is because you make dough at home. So. For sure. Yeah, for me, a lot of it is just having done it so many times now, like around the like i changed a few things here and there as you can see like i'll show you through my note my notebook there the official notebook and and that yeah, is one thing it. for any home baker right is making those notes on making these notes and if you look at my notes i got things like outside temp inside temp my water temp my flour temp my yeast water temp you know like just track everything because then if something changes you always know well it was really good this day what, yeah what's different you know yeah um so yeah i got my formula both laid out in percent because um, that's how, you know, baker's, baker's percentage, percentages. that's how you work, that's how you scale, and really that's the easiest way to read what your dough's doing for me. Like if I just look at a percent, I'm like, oh, I can tell what kind of dough that is already. That's awesome. Now, I, And then these are just the grams so I can weigh it. Now, I don't want to get in, so of course, if there's anything that's industry secret here, but... No, nothing I see secret, that the, I share whatever. I see that the current salt... Uh, current salt sucks. Sucks. So I believe it says right It's actually notes. an old note. I went, I've, I've got some good salt again. Oh, good. There's a brand I was using that just has additives it's not oh. just salt so oh got you so it's affecting things no need for that so right. i went and got me some just salt just, right because it's salt <laughs> yeah. yeah oh that's awesome uh so yes uh back to just salt so so yeah i got everything laid out in uh the baker's percentages i've been trying to track all this too because i'm really trying to document the dough process lately um, yeah. because i've been so happy with it and it's been consistent i might as well just get it documented and that's the one we use for now 
Yeah. So the this... only thing that'll really change is it might change the yeast in the water just to touch based on temperature. Like it's getting cooler out now, so I'll probably put a tiny bit more water in it. And it looks like you're you're blending flowers. You've got uh, yep. two, two different types there, it looks like. Yeah, so uh, we used the white wheat flour, um, which I got it in a bucket there. There's another bag here that you can't see. Um, I just put a little bit of that in there because I like the wheat flour in there, but a, a whole wheat for me was a little too heavy, too dense, a little bit too much chew. Yeah. Um, the white wheat, just the way it's processed, it, I don't know, you know, too many exact specifics about it. But I do know that for our dough, it uh, added that wheat back in there without being like overly heavy and, you know, just. Yeah. I don't know. I liked it. it. Gave me a good protein strength. I think it's helping the strength of the dough a lot. Because we don't actually use a high gluten dough. The other one we use is a patent flour, which is like a bread flour. Oh, right on. For our style of pizza, you don't need crazy high gluten. Yeah. Uh, some people use it, you know, to get the crumb structure or depending how long they're fermenting. Um, but yeah, just for our process, I find the bread flour with a little bit of that white wheat just makes it. Gets that good flavor in there. Yeah. Love it. Love it. So in baker's percentages, so 100% of our flour, we've got that combination of the, the two flours. Yep. We're doing 60, looks like 68% water. It's about 69 so, right now. I go up just a tiny bit from that. Gotcha. I haven't written it down yet, but I just go up just a tiny bit from so what's when, on there. So yep. when we hear people talk hydration, that's it. We're doing about 68%, give or 69%, give or take a little bit. 68 summer, 69 to 70 in the winter. It's probably what I've been leaning towards for the past like year. Yeah. Awesome. And a very small percentage of yeast, 0.28%. Yeah, 0.28%. So... I used to be, I started off with like 0.5%, maybe 0.6 or something and just, yeah. nope, it's crazy, nope, it's crazy, nope, it's crazy and just keep going down and down and just any lower than that and I feel like it's not enough. But that with the length of time that we let it ferment in the hot bus, yeah. or the, that we let it proof in the hot bus, um, it just, it pops. So we got a little bit of, little bit of salt, of course, and then looks like a tiny bit of uh, olive oil happening there as well. So. Correct, yeah, there's not, not much it takes, right? Perfect. So we're gonna do the yeast first. I use active dry yeast, so we bloom it with some warm water. Okay. So I'm gonna get some water that's about 90, 92 degrees, I feel like works pretty well lately. What's what's your final mix temperature that you're shooting for when you're done? I'm aiming lately for around 73. Okay, okay, cool. Cause then I let it, my process is kind of let it sit out at room temp for a little bit, come to life a little bit. Yeah. Um, then we divide it up just because we have to fit it into the walk-in in certain bins, we divide it up a little bit, a couple stretching folds thrown in the walk-in. Nice. And nice. it just, uh, that way it's already got a little bit of life coming by the time we chill it out for a day or two in there. Very cool. So the thermometer is out in the in the deli there, taking some water temperature. Got me these nice deli containers. Makes everything easy. Right. And you can see it all in there. Um, yeah. So we're around 92. So 92 degrees water, a little, not too hot, not too cold. You just want to wake this yeast up a bit. After your yeast has, has started to bloom and do its thing, does your water temperature drop a little bit usually before you end up? Yeah, it'll it drop a little. Um, I haven't measured it. That's a, that's a good point. I should measure it as I dump it in and just to get a baseline of what it is by the time I use it. Yeah. Um, but you'll see it's definitely alive. Like, We'll mix it right now, and in five minutes, it's just going to be a bubbly beast. Just going. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. I, lo I love watching all this stuff just come to life out of out of these few dry things and some water. You know, yeah. <laughs> like you, you make dough. It's so crazy, right? The measurements won't matter so much. It's zero point two eight percent of yeast, which for this recipe is about fifty grams. 
50 grams. Sorry, formula. This formula. Um, let's get to 50. A little bit over. Yeah, and it's so interesting too that you know that gram or that half gram oh. or whatever you know makes a makes it a can. difference. It can. Yeah. Um, with a batch this big, it's nice because you do have a little leeway of a couple of grams here and there because the batch is so large. Whereas your smaller batches you're making at home, that one gram could make a huge difference. Yeah. Whereas here, it's like mm, I may or may not notice one gram. You know. So. And and how many pizzas is our batch going to make here? This batch we're making here will make 120 pizzas. 120 pizzas. One in one batch, yeah. That's, which is fantastic because that is more pizzas than I have ever cooked in my entire life. So that's mm, I don't know. You seem to be getting there now, dude. <laughs> I should to... add them up. I guess you I don't add even them up. know. I know. I was thinking, man, imagine if we added them all up. Oh, my goodness. You need like the um, something that rhymes with a McDonald's uh, counter, you know, over a billion serve, but yep. like over a billion pizzas made. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Here's another one. I feel like it's at that point lately. Yeah, no doubt. Oh, I bet. <laughs> So uh, yeah, we got our yeast weighed out. Uh, I got 50 grams of yeast, uh, active dry yeast. We're gonna dump and mix 200 grams of that warm water in there. A rule of thumb I heard a long time ago was like, your yeast amount to your water when you're blooming it should be like a third. Oh, okay. Um, it's just like a baseline. I found that just for this, I like the way 200 works. A lot of it is processed for me too. Like just the way this then pours into the dough, you know, it just blends sure. nicely. So, Oh, for sure. Um, I feel like too little of water, if you're blooming your active dry yeast, is going to make it real sticky and real thick, and it's kind of weird. Yeah. So I get a little soupier for my version is all. And did we weigh water before we weighed our water before adding to yeast there too? Or did you uh, just No, I just tiered the scale. So, ah, there you go. Yep. I'll, uh, I'll put the yeast in the container. Uh-huh zero out the scale, and then just add my 200 on top of that. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Less dishes, too. It, seriously, <laughs> I, I, it, it was such a simple thing for me, too, like getting my water from the sink at the right temperature in a larger vessel and then pouring it into something else on the scale instead of trying to put it under the sink, weigh it, put it under the sink, yeah. weigh it, pour a little out. Like, yeah, it's yeah. just those little tricks you learn. It's, oh su God. it's such a small thing, but it's, it makes huge. a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I used to have a whole bunch of dirty dishes. I'm like, why am I doing that? Just Put it on there, reuse it, you know? <laughs> well, and the scales are kind of fun, especially since they read pretty fast. It's almost like putting like gas in your car. It's like you just pour in that water and watch it up. Oh, full tank, click, done. Bam, done. Yeah. It's easy. Oh, that's awesome. That's another reason I love the baker's percentages and weighing everything. It's just very, very easy. Yeah, I... I a number's a number. Just hit it. Right. You know? <laughs> and with the percentages, too, because that's one of the always, you know, things from being a home cook to full-on business restaurant here is, like, how to scale things, but with... The baker's percentage makes it really easy. So easy. Yeah. A percent's a percent no matter what. Right. So you can make one dough, you can make 500 doughs. It's going to be the exact same. <laughs> That's Imagine awesome. Imagine making 500 at once. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. And and how, how big are your, well, they're not dough balls. You can call it, You can call each one, yeah. Or each, dough portion? Yeah, dough portion. There you go. How, how, how big is an Izzy's dough portion in that 8 by 10 uh, We weigh by grams, so it's 255 is what we're aiming for. I believe it's just under 9 ounces. Okay. Is so, it just under 9 or just under 8? Okay. Yeah. Honestly, I can't remember. I just deal with grams so often I can't remember the... Yeah, because... Oh, it's 255 is what we aim for, though. Um, that way it's not too dense. It'll puff up and you'll get a lot of that air fluffy structure in there versus throw too much dough in there. Yeah. A, it's going to be a really tall pizza, like mostly bread. Right. Um, but B, if it's fermenting properly, that's going to give you a nice rise and just like good soft structure. That's perfect. Yeah, because yeah, I usually shoot for, for 250, maybe 350 max. 
because of if whatever I'm making at home. Well, not if it's in a, in a pan so much, but like for a hand stretched pizza, because yeah. it's got to fit on the pizza peel. So <laughs> two fifty yeah. is a good personal exactly. size pizza. Yeah, and yeah. you know, yeah, if you've stretched one bigger than that, it starts to get pretty big. So yeah, yeah. Those guys like, you know, virtuoso. He's doing like twenty inch pies or whatever. That's a, that's a challenge to stretch one that big I and handle it. I needed him to show me how to do that. I would fear launching that thing in that oven. Me too. And I would just make a calzone every I'd time. Be, it calzones go. every time. Here's my calzone shop. Right? I try to make pizzas, but we just do. We calzones. just do calzones. Yeah. Call it accidental <laughs> that calzone. Be, that's why I just put it in a pan and throw it in the oven. Done. Done. I love it. I love it. Uh, I haven't made a Detroit calzone yet. We should try. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> the be fun. hunger destroying calzone. Uh, so you, so you went for a different scale now. So yeah, because I've got this bigger mixer now, I've got to weigh more. That scale right there only goes up to like 15 pounds or something. Uh-huh. This scale weighs up to 55 pounds. Ah. So when I do my water and my flour, I use a different scale. It just, I love it. Otherwise, I'm going to have to weigh, dump, weigh, dump, weigh, dump. And I already have to do that a little just because of the space to get sure. it into the mixer. Sure. But this oh, at least minimizes that. <laughs> yeah, because we're at trucks and taps, and so... Uh, great, because you have a home-based kitchen here. Yep. But there's also other trucks. We've got uh, two of them prepping. We've got Burning right Bridges and us, Dire yeah. Line, right, hanging out. So, yep. But yeah, so you got to get everything to space, and you've got a big mixer there. It's a nice yes. mixer, though. Yes, We had to buy this new table and jam it in the corner. It's got a little home, though. It's, it fits. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so, this is perfect. Uh, so yeah, I'll go to this bigger scale that just weighs more. It's easier to do these bigger portions like the water and the flour. So got the, we've already got our yeast blooming. You can see it's getting a little bubbly oh already yeah. just after like two minutes or so. Yeah, getting getting and, going there. So now my water, I'm just using tap water. Um, I figure if the New Yorkers can do it, the Omahans can do it. Why not? Get that, uh, <laughs> I think it's is it terroir, the, the, uh, to taste the feeling of the land. Exactly. Use, use yeah. our water. I'm bringing something of Omaha into it. The flour's not made here. At least the water comes through the pipes. That's so, it. You, you bet. Know, Missouri's fine. I've, I've Omaha'd it up. You know? I love it. I love it. <laughs> so yeah, I keep the water, though, in the fridge because then it's always at the temperature I pretty much need it at to make a dough. You need cold oh, water. I can't, if I take it right out of the tap, especially in the summer, it's way too hot to be using. Oh, yeah. So I'll fill up a whole bucket of it, keep it in the walk-in. Yeah, and slow your rise there, too. Yeah. With that. That's awesome. The temperature of water I'm aiming for lately, what do I got here? 42 has been working really well for our mixed water. Oh, pretty chilly. Yeah. Nice. In the summer, it's like in the mid-30s. Wow. Um, just because by the time you beat it up in the mixer for 15 minutes and get it out and let it sit, it's already in the 70s already. No so kidding. Wow. I think it's a lot of it's to do with the flower uh-huh. temperature. You know, it's sitting in a warmer room in the summer. So sure. And that's a lot of... Oh, that's true, because right when you you got your cold water and and right when you mix it with flour that's sitting here, it's going to instantly come up because they're going to If you have 76, 77 degree flour, then you're putting it with, you know, with the water, it's going to, that temperature is going to change totally. So nice. It's just uh, experimenting and finding those temps that work. I love it. So to get it to 42, though, because it was in the fridge, it's around like 33, 35. Yeah. So I'm going to put a little bit of cold tap water in there to kind of even that temperature back out. All right. Okay, so we got some, just some cold tap water. Got it, got it. Put that back on the scale. We've already zeroed the scale, and now we're gonna add that water that was in the fridge, because then it'll basically even out to about 42 when we're at the weight we need. So I'm going for a little over 12,000 grams for this batch. That's uh, 
20 liters of water, uh, lifting that every day probably gets you a good arm workout. Oh yeah, my shoulders are ripped, dude. I'm so strong. <laughs> swole. Pizza, pizza swole. <laughs> yeah, heck. hey, that's a good term. I like it. I'm pizza swole pizza over swole. here. Well, I was, I was reading, uh, I think it's Elements of Pizza Forkish's book, but he's talking about them uh, using the uh, uh, pincer technique to yeah. mix dough and how the pizza olos that have done it a long time have like a ridge in their hands. Oh, I bet. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Just like pizza hundreds of times a day, probably. Yeah. 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 It's like, oh, you have the mark of the pizza. It's like, <laughs> the mark of the pizza <laughs> gods you. or whatever. Right? Yeah, that's great. All right. So here we go. 12,000 um, grams. Yeah, we got a little over 12,000 grams for this batch. Um, like I said, I'm trying to aim for probably around 69% water lately with the lowering of the temperature outside. That seems to work pretty well for our dough. Oh, and good pro tip here too. So you're, you're swirling it in this case with the thermometer just to make sure that the water temperature evens out from yeah, our, from our fridge water and tap. Making sure I'm not just measuring what's on top. Maybe it's colder or whatever, but it's good call. Bam, look, I nailed it, 42. 42, look at that. On the dot, I've done that, this once or twice. You, once or twice, <laughs> 42, the answer to everything. So there, 42 degrees, we're gonna dump it in the mixer. So water first. Water first. Some people do flour first. Water first to me just mixes cleaner and better. Keeps the flour maybe from sticking to the bottom yeah, of the exactly. mixer. Yeah, exactly. That's uh, kind of what I noticed with mine. If I put that flour in there first and then the water over it, a lot of that flour just sticks on the bottom and then you're trying to scrape it out and all this stuff. So we got our water. water. Dumped our water in the mixer. A little over 12,000 grams of about 42 degree water. 42 We're gonna move on to flour. So yeast is still blooming. You can see it keeps coming oh, to life. Bubbling it's about, nicely. It's almost doubled in the size now in just like 10 minutes. That's so awesome. So flour wise, so we got a bucket of white wheat flour here. Big old 22 So we're only using 10% of the the formula for the white wheat flour. Okay. Um, just some in there just to give yeah. it just to give it that kiss, you know. Add a little little depth and complexity to the dough. Yep. I mean, I could I could just eat an Izzy's pizza with nothing on it because that dough is just so tasty. We do that sometimes. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I, I went to the trouble making this quote unquote bread. We should try it out just as bread. It's pretty right. yummy. Well, that's... Some, sometimes you just want to like see what that crumb structure looks like with nothing on it. It's kind of fun. Just I'll just throw yes. one in and bake it, cut it open. That's it's beautiful. Awesome. Well, and that's really where the the heart and soul of the pizza is because you know the type of tomatoes that you get or the pepperoni are available. People can buy those, but anyone you know, can buy them. The yep. dough is the the art, the craft, and the time. Exactly. Yeah. This is this is something that the pizza maker made, not the you know the the company that you're buying stuff from and all that. This is totally individual, however that person wanted it, you know, so yes. it's, it's just cool that there's so many millions of ways you can do it. Oh, yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> this oh, is my, yeah. my one million, you know, <laughs> out of everyone's. Yeah, it's really cool. So 10% white wheat. 10% white wheat. Then let's go with patent flour. All right. So this is our, basically our bread flour. This company right here is one of the mills that supplies King Arthur. Oh, so right essentially, like if you buy the King Arthur patent flour, uh -huh. this is that's very, it. This is either it or close to it, you know, because cool. they're one of the mills. Yeah, because King Arthur's oh, an wow. actual mill. So I was pretty happy to find that out when I was like, well, I guess I'll look, you know, what flowers are available here when I moved here and found that, and I was like, well, that's amazing. I'll take that, and it's been performing so good. Like I've, awesome. I haven't heard of too many people using this brand, but I'm really glad I found it. That's cool. It's, uh, Bay State Milling is the brand. If that's cool, because I, I think um, you know a lot of people land on you know, oh hey, I need to use you know 
double zero XYZ brand or whatever in this, and that may, may not be right for the type of pizza you're making. So exactly, yeah. Every flower has its place, and you know, just and I'm no pro at all. Like I've I've only tried, you know, a few that I've tried. There's these guys that know so much about this stuff, and I try to learn from them, but. That's a deep hole too, you know. Oh my gosh, yeah. it's like hard wheat and soft wheat and winter wheat. And, <laughs> and then you know. milling your own oh, and blending yeah. them. And oh jeez. Again, back to there's a million ways, right? Yes. So for this, uh, just because of the size of the bowl, I have to dump it in. I need 16, a little over 16,000 grams, but I can't dump all that and weigh all that at once. So we just divide it up. I make just a few scoops of 4,000, throw 4,000, throw 4,000, throw 4,000, you know, it just adds up. So it's just there. easier to dump it in, you know, it's just a process. Oh, for sure, for sure. Well, it's nice too, because you've got your scale and your bowl right next to your mixer, so you don't you don't have to travel far either. No, I try to make everything where all I need to do is turn and grab it, you know, so <laughs> and not walking all over. Optimize everything. The experience moving around uh, Vincent, the pizza bus, and, and optimizing that and do the same thing in the kitchen. Exactly. Like a nice 50-pound bag of flour, so more more pizza swole right here. Yeah. Maybe some some leg muscles. And it's the uh, only thing I wish is that I could just throw a whole 50-pound bag in there and not have to weigh it out. Next step up a mixer, I could have done that, but got the bowl. We've got the spiral mix there, which you know that type of thing available at home. Although this one does the the bowl rotate at the same time. Then yes, as the, got you. Got yeah. You. Beauty of a spiral mixer: less friction for your dough, gentler mix, and it won't heat it up quite as much. Um, rather than your planetary one that just kind of whips it and beats it, your typical like kitchen yeah. style, you know? Right. So yeah, I'm just uh, weighing out multiple, you know, bowls worth of flour just so you can't throw it all in at once. Just I don't have the space for that, you know? Sure. So It's interesting too, because the, you know, there's the whole uh, what auto lease method of, of letting the flour and, and the water soak a little bit. So it's sort of almost doing that, I it's guess. It's essentially kind of what I based this method off of, right? I got my yeast going first. That needs to bloom. So I get my yeast going and I let it wake up and do its thing. Hello, how are you doing today? <laughs> then I put my flour and my water in there and I mix it just for like a couple minutes till it gets kind of just shaggy looking. Yeah. And I just let it chill for five or ten minutes. Um, I know it's not a true auto lease. That's going to be a much longer process. Sure. But I don't have that kind of time. But I still feel like mixing it for a few minutes and just letting it kind of chill out. It's still soaking up some of that water. Absolutely. Um, I believe it's biochemical gluten formation, I Ooh, think is what it's called. I like where it's that. It's like basically mixing without without physically mixing. Like, if you just let it sit, it'll yeah. do its thing over time. That's, it might take a while, but. Yeah, that's the craziest thing too, of doing like, you know, cold ferment and all the, all the stuff that just happens with just time. Just happens with time, yeah, it's exactly. Wild. You don't have to mix, you know? If you got multiple days, just, like gently mix it and throw it in there and you'll open it up tomorrow and it'll look completely different. So yeah, it just kind of came, this process kind of came from initially doing an auto lease, eventually realizing I don't have the time for that, but it still helps to just kind of let it sit. And you have other things to weigh out anyway. I still have to weigh out my oil and my salt. Right. So while that chills, to weigh those out, if I need to go, you know, run a dish through the dishwasher or something in the meantime, I give it five or 10 minutes and then I just uh, continue mixing after that. Yeah. So there I got about 12,000 grams of the flour in there right now. We're gonna mix it a little bit. Kind of just helps keep it clean. Part of what I do is to not clean up as much as I can. You know, sure, I don't save like yourself cleaning. some time. I like making pizza, so. <laughs> right, making pizza and um, spending time. It's a cleaner with... process by just dump like half the flour a little more in there, mix a little and then put the rest in. It just is, it's less kind of that like splashes out of the mixer. Makes just sense. a little cleaner. Oh yeah, because you'd, you'd be right towards the top of the bowl there, otherwise. Yeah. It's 
a very quiet mixer too. It's just right? Like, Look I'm at just, that I'm thing. just mixing. Just mixing. I'm just mixing 120 pizzas. No big deal. Just <laughs> shh, shh. I'm busy. Busy. Concentrating right now. Pizzas. I need a little more flour here. Another bag. So when you're doing a evening service or whatever, you know, how many pizzas are you usually prepping for to sell? Are you in that, you know, 125, 150 range? So we've been doing lunches and dinners lately. Yeah. Um, for instance, there's a couple days last week. One day was 145 pizzas. One day was 165. Wow. Um, between the two shifts. Wow. Um, every day is a little different. Yeah. You know, like. As I see with my sales, it was like basically we start Wednesday, but it just goes up, you know, until Saturday. It's Fridays and Saturdays are the busier days. Sure. So, yeah, it depends. I mean, on a Wednesday, maybe we'll only make 80 or 90. And on a Friday or a Saturday, we'll make 150, 170, you know? So wow. It's a lot of pizza. That is a lot of pizza. So, yeah, one of these batches will be just basically for a dinner shift. And then the other one will be, we'll use it for lunch and then have some more dough so we can use it for the next day. That's awesome. Flour gets all over you. As you can see, I probably shouldn't wear black when I'm doing, <laughs> when I'm doing the mix. <laughs> Just a sign you're making pizza. It's all good. Exactly. You got it. All right. We're going to put the last bit of this flour in there. Okay, so this is bowl number four, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just because of the way it fits in there, you know, yeah. it's hard to dump a bowl of 16,000 grams <laughs> of flour all at once, you know? <laughs> it's not exactly easy. Again, I like to make pizza not clean, so that's why I based it this way. You, you've got family and business and all the time is, time is money and... Yeah. Uh, I mean, I love making dough, but I, I like living life too, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> let's, let's get the dough made. And, plus, the dough needs to get in there and live its happy little life in the fridge until we cook it, so... Right. All right. Cool. So there you can see that's fairly full now. Yeah, we've got a nice full... Uh... We'll close the lid, turn it on a low speed for maybe a minute until okay. it just kind of mixes up and gets a little shaggy looking in there. Let it incorporate a bit. Okay. And then at that point, we're kind of just going to weigh our salt and our oil. And maybe we'll run a, run a dish or something through there while this chills for five or ten minutes, and then we just start mixing it. Perfect. Spinning around quite nicely there so nice quiet and smooth when i got it i was like it's so big and heavy like getting it off the pallet was such a pain and yeah. then uh got the floor anchors and everything i'm like this is intense but when you lift that dough out of there and realize how heavy that dough is uh -huh. it's like oh, i understand why the machine's so big now because <laughs> it's like that's no joke to be pushing all that weight around in there Goodness so gracious. i said i feel like they should give you a license to run these things this thing's giant that'll hurt you <laughs> that is yeah no kidding yeah definitely the <laughs> good uh, thing for the guard i was the... just gonna say that same thing it's like that cage guard on there's there for a reason yeah it's nice if you lift it it stops emergency stops you know all these things so do you take the dough straight out of the bowl or you move the bowl nope this one uh a lot of these spiral mixers don't come apart or don't open at all so you literally have to cut it out of there oh got piece you. by piece and it's fine, you know, you figure out a process or whatever and you get it out. But um, it's a little bit of a challenge at first when you're not used to that. For sure. You're, you're in your home KitchenAid or whatever, you just pop that bowl off and do whatever you want. Way different. Cool. So if you want to look at it at all, that's kind of the point I mix it to first. Oh, it's a very, for the, okay. For the quote unquote auto lease, you know, my mini lease, you could call the, it. The mini lease. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, so we still, you can still see a, a little powder on top of the flour. So it's not fully incorporated yet. Just yep. a, just a lightweight mix. Just there. a really rough mix. Yeah. It's not going to do anything there. I mean, like I said, you could leave that for two days and it'd probably turn into a dough. I bet it would. But yeah. 
Yeah, it's just enough that you would almost be like, oh, that's dough instead of, uh, hey, there's a bunch of flour in there, but yeah. just, just. Just trying to soak everything up, kind of just get it all incorporated a little bit. Yeah. Because we're going to continue mixing anyway. If I mix it too much now, it's going to be overmixed. Oh, so. fair enough. And, and what happens when it's overmixed? Real tight, real uh, hard to work with. Like when we stretch it in pans, I can tell if it was overmixed because it's not going to those corners as easy. It's not relaxing as easy. Gotcha. It's very, just a very elastic. It usually not... ends up cooking fine and tasting fine, but uh -huh. it's just a, it's not as easy to work with. That makes sense. Um, that makes sense. It won't have as many nice bubbles to it when it's when mm. we get it out of the walk-in. You know, after it's been bulk fermenting for a couple of days, it'll look different. Yeah. It's just a much tighter, denser product. I feel like. Makes sense. Cool. So at this point. We're gonna weigh some oil and we're gonna weigh some salt and then we're gonna just start throwing it all together and mix it up. Love it, love cool. it. We're ready to make some dough. Actually, we're ready to just mix some dough. We're already kind of making dough, aren't yeah. we? Yeah, and our, our yeast is uh, bubbling yeah, quite look at nicely. That guy. Look See? at that, it's he's, alive. He's definitely alive. I should name each one. I think that'd be fun. Ooh. I'd run out of names. Yeah, right. <laughs> be like uh, hurricanes or something like that. I'll just, just have you know. to look around. Oh, that one. We'll call him Red. I don't know, because of Red Star Yeast. I don't know. We got Red. Red's coming to life. So now we're going to weigh out our salt and our oil. So I'll bring back the smaller scale just because these are smaller portions. Yeah. Don't need the giant scale for that. All right. So we're going to zero it. And what do we got for oil? We got 200 and 269 grams 69. of oil. So we're using extra virgin olive oil. Um, there's a lot of really good brands, it's just kind of personal preference. For me, Yeah. I don't use the cheap stuff, but I don't use the best stuff either because we're, you're not so much tasting it. What I'm using, it's only 1.5% of the oil in there. Mostly what I'm using it for is a relaxer, a softener. Because there's a lot of Detroit guys that won't even put oil in the dough. It, oh, okay. lends, it lends to a little bit of a crisper dough that oh, way. Okay. Yeah. This just softens it a bit. Like I said, it relaxes it a bit for even when we're working with it, when we're trying to put it in the pan. It also lends a little bit better to a reheat. Like if you're gonna take this home, if you're gonna take this pizza home and reheat it, yeah, a little bit of oil in the dough will keep it soft so that when you do reheat it, it's not just super hard and crispy. That's a good call. And actually that's one of those things that I do, you know, when we were talking earlier, it's like, I'll pop, I'll eat the toppings off and then just try the center. And yeah. the center always is just, it's nice and moist. It's not mm -hmm. super bready, if that's a word. Yeah. Like it's it's not like a sandwich bread. It's it's totally. softer than that. And so. I'm not sure how all those are made. I've never really ventured too deep into bread making. I you know I hope to soon. Yeah. Um, but I don't even know if they use oil in that kind of a bread. Maybe they don't, and that's how it gets that way. I'm not you know I'm not sure. But yeah, for us, like I've tried it without. It's still really good. It's just that I know a lot of people do a reheat, even myself, like I get leftover pizza. I don't need them fresh, you know, I'm making them, so. Yeah, right. Um, for a reheat, it just keeps it a little soft. Do you, what's your, what's your reheat method? Do you, do you oven, do you air for fry? Ours, for ours, I like an air fryer yeah. right around 380. Okay. Four or five minutes, not too high, because I always refer to someone like, think like a cake or a lasagna or something where it's thicker and bigger and you need that middle to bake just oh, as right. evenly as the outside. You don't want to end up with the hot pocket syndrome of you the get, cold yeah, dead exactly. center. <laughs> um, and also then the outside, if you have that too high, if the outside is just going to get really crispy while the inside is either cold or, you know, just warm. So makes sense. A little bit of a lower temp in the air fryer seems to fully cook that slice pretty good. So but honestly, I'm a lazy guy and I just microwave mine. By the time I get home and it's like 10 p.m. Like and I'm I just tired. need food. I'm like, I'm just going to sit on the couch and eat this thing. <laughs> That's awesome. But yeah, the air fryer is the best method that I've found. Perfect. All right, then we're going to move on to sea salt. Sea salt. So oil's hanging out. 
yeast is hanging out, salt is about to be there. Yep. So for salt, we got 359 grams, which is 2%. 2%. Another something that I just change a lot, go up and down with. I don't want it to impact the fermentation in a negative way. So I don't sure. add too much, but salt is flavor. Yeah. So sometimes I'll play with a little bit more and it changes depending on the salt you get too. Like you see on my salt note there, right? It seemed like it was very potent. Like that brand of salt that I had. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It just seemed stronger. And it was like, uh, even just pouring it in here, it was a different consistency. So yeah. I just used a different amount of it. And it seems like most of the books and things I've been through, like fine grain sea salt seems to be the, the salt, you know. That's what I like best. That's another reason I picked this exact one. It's very fine. It pours nice and easy and it distributes well. Some of that coarser stuff, I mean, it's, it's fine. It's all probably gonna work, but I feel like the distribution of a fine grain, you know, Makes you know, sense. Just seems to make more sense. Yeah, yeah, because you want it to mix throughout and not end up with, you know, crunchy yeah, salt pockets. pockets of salt. Nope, <laughs> I want it everywhere. So as fine grain as I can get it from for me, that's my preference. That makes sense. So there, everything is weighed, everything's portioned, ready to go. So now we don't have to think about any measurements or anything. We just need to put it in at the right time. That's perfect. So we've got the uh, the, the start of the science done and then we can just kind of got us a nice process going forward. Perfect. Correct. Okay, we're going to take a halftime break on the podcast. Here's the official Izzy's Pizza Dough recipe. Get your notepads out, get your apps on your phone, whatever you want to use. Here we go. 100% flour. Keep in mind, 10% of that is white wheat flour. And the other 90% of that is a patent flour, white patent flour. 69% water, 0.28% active dry yeast, 2% salt, and then 1.8% extra virgin olive oil. Okay, here's some additional details, and we'll read this again at the end of the show too, all right? So the flour that he's using is a white patent flour, and you could use something close like a uh, King Arthur bread flour. I think they actually have the same protein percentage or, or similar. And for that white wheat flour, King Arthur has one. Uh, keep in mind, not whole wheat. This is white wheat flour, so kind of similar. Add some flavor but uh, it is not as spiky as that uh, whole wheat flour. So I broke this down into something that, uh, that I might use at home. So something smaller, cause we're not making 120 pizzas in my house. So if we had 450 grams of white patent flour or that King Arthur bread flour, 50 grams white wheat flour, 345 grams water, 1.5 grams yeast, and 10 grams salt, and then nine grams extra virgin olive oil. That should give you enough dough for about three 255 gram dough portions, plus probably a little extra. Um, that's the size of pizza that Brett makes, so you can get a Detroit style pizza pan. I actually have some from Lloyd's Pans. They're, they're really nice, um, and you can make your dough portion. So there you go. All right, we'll do the exact same read at the end, so you can write that down or just, you know, reverse the podcast because you're a podcast subscriber you you could do those things thanks for listening let's get back into it and keep on making dough with brett geiger of izzy's pizza bus so you can see that yeast is definitely alive now yes you know you can kind of see where we started with it's a little over doubled wow maybe more so at this point we've had this sitting for a bit you can almost see the flour too like it looks a little different than it did five minutes ago right yeah, you got some water some kind of coming up. Some of that powdery and... stuff looks like it's kind of soaking a little now. Yeah, love it. So it is doing something. It is doing something. Time is an ingredient, right? Yeah. So 
So speaking of time, this mixer's cool because it has a timer. Oh, that's, hey. <laughs> listen, 5,000 bucks, right? Here it goes. Oh, man, that sounded like five grand right there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, for such a big mixer, it's got like a little toaster oven ding on it. I can't even hear it over there. <laughs> it's pretty funny. So uh, in general, lately, I've been setting it for 15 minutes. Uh, seems to be a good mix time to get to that uh, 72, 73 we're looking for finish temp. Gotcha. Click start, keep it on a low speed uh, just to continue incorporating these first few things. So right now it's just spinning and mixing up still just that flour and water that we put together. But I'm going to slowly mix this yeast in now while it's going. Spiral going around incorporating, yeast going, so going down. Turn the speed up just a tiny little bit. At this point it's not going to splash flour all over the place because it's all hydrated. And it's, it's so interesting too, cause it's like, you're not trying to beat the dough senseless either. It's just no a way. nice, easy mix in there. Yeah. So we're slowly mixing that. We're adding this yeast. I just, uh, I swish a little extra water around in my yeast cup just to get whatever's in there out. Yeah. I like to use it all. So that's a good call. Some, yeah. I, I know, um, uh, Tony Gemignani was talking about that too. It's like reserve a little bit of your water so you can rinse out your yeast cup or salt cup or yep. whatever. Just make sure you get everything in there. Everything in there is good. You might as well try to use it. For sure. You know, there's that little tiny bit at the end, but that's not going to matter. But yeah, right. any little bit of, of the goodies I can get out of there, I try to. So now we've got yeast, water, and flour. Perfect. We're going to turn up the speed a little as it keeps going. It's basically almost all that dry stuff's gone now. And it's yep. starting to kind of look like a, just a wet, weird dough now. Starting to look like a dough. Yeah. So once I see that pretty much all of that flour has been incorporated, I'm going to start to put this salt in there. I find, and you might see it right now as we go, see how it's kind of loose and wet and looks a little more like a batter? Yeah. Start adding this salt in and increase the speed and watch it just come together. You can see it start pulling away from the edge and becoming more oh, yeah, like a mass. Real loose and then, yeah, definitely coming together in right. kind of individual... Uh, Almost like when I'm, you know, mixing by hand and kind of pinching that dough, mm -hmm. getting those individual pieces is kind of what's happening there. Yeah, I feel like that's almost what the spiral mixer kind of does sometimes. Yeah, if you look like yeah. right after it comes around that spiral part, it's like, yeah, you can see it's starting to come together now. As soon as you start adding this salt in there, it just starts pulling it all together. That's so interesting. Yeah, it is definitely coming off of the sides of the bowl. No, no question there. And so again, with my even distribution of the stuff, I just kind of sprinkle some in, let it mix, sprinkle some in, let it mix, you know. I don't take too long, but I don't want to dump it all in and just have a pocket of salt in the right, yeah, know, in the batch. So, and you also gave the yeast a little time to kind of get incorporate the dough before we add the salt because yeah. salt can affect your yeast, right? Exactly. So, yeah. I don't want to put salt right on top of that yeast because salt kills yeast. You know, at least slows it down. So, yeah, let the yeast get in there and do its thing for a minute. Get the salt in there. So the only other thing I do now is I stop it and there's all that extra on the side, uh -huh. all the residue on the side. I scrape that down. Again, it's more it's more dough. If you just let it sit there, you're going to throw it out. You might as well use it. So yeah. I get my dough scraper and I scrape down the sides of the bowl so I can keep all that. Plastic dough scrapers like that and a bench scraper are two of the best tools so ever. So awesome. I never thought I'd use it so much. I bought some when I first started making dough and I was like, I don't really use this thing. But right. I realized the other uses for it, you know, especially cleaning your mixer bowl. Oh, this sure. thing's awesome. Yeah. And you got to get the hard ones too. You can't get the real flimsy ones. Oh, I like that. Mine. Yeah, the one I have is a little, a uh, little more flimsy. That, yeah. that seems These like are a restaurant store. I can't remember the name of it in town here, but it has these good hard ones. Nice. They still bend, but they're really, you know, they get the job done. Right. And curved enough so you can get everything off the 
bowl. And... Exactly. So we're gonna scrape down anything that's just kind of gonna be wasted in the end. For You're sure. You're just gonna have to clean this off anyway. Right, you right. You're well, gonna have to clean it. And plus, you know, we we'll get it back in there and use it. Well, and we spent the time to, you know, weigh to the gram-ish there, so, you know, might yeah, as well so use it. Yeah, so why leave five grams stuck in there and throw it away? No, nope. right. that's five more grams for another pizza. Exactly. Maybe you were one dollar ball short because you did that, you know? you know. <laughs> right, yeah, and that's definitely gonna add up over time, too, so. Yep. So, get this all down, and then we'll just continue mixing. So yeah, now we got pretty much the, the bowls fairly clean on the side. We're gonna turn up this speed. This one goes by RPMs. Probably around 130 or 140 RPMs is what I just kind of let the general like eight or 10 minute like main mix portion of the mix. Yeah. I just kind of let it go about that speed. It's at about a mid speed, I guess you could say. Sure, sure. This thing goes to 210. I've never <laughs> cranked it up that high, it scares me. <laughs> Red line in the mixer. So yeah, it, now it just kind of becomes a little bit smoother over time. So the only thing we haven't added is the oil, but I go fairly late in the mix for that. Um, I find for this dough, if I add it earlier, the dough seems to be really, really sticky. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Because I, I was kind of wondering to see what was going to happen. I was wondering if you were going to add the salt last, but you're going to add the oil last. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah, and I've played with all timings on all that stuff. Yeah. Um, for a long time, I was just throwing my wa uh, water and oil together in there because I feel like it was a better mix just for me. And I know there's science, you know, that the, the oil is going to coat your flour, so it's not going to hydrate the same and all that. I didn't ever have like an issue myself. I did oh, it and it was totally fine. But I've recently, I think since this mixer, got this method where you'll see how I put it in. I just slowly add it in towards the end. And if I just do it that way, it's, it always mixes it's nice. Good. Comes out good, smells good, feels good. And not too sticky then. Not too sticky. That's good. Because that was a big deal when we moved here from Las Vegas. The humidity is a total different beast. So yeah. I had to change the way I would do the oil and everything and the hydration of the dough just because everything was so sticky here in the summer. And sticky doughs can be really hard to work with. It's not easy. Not easy. Yeah, not easy at well, all. Especially for, for you with the pan too. I mean, you've got to stretch that out in the pan and if it's sticking to the pan or sticking to your hands and not stretching right or whatever, that's a, that's pain a pain. Yeah. Oh man. And then I feel like if it's just kind of sticky, it's not really mixed properly then either because it should all be, you know, that gluten should be holding it all together and it's just right. kind of coming off like a weird batter. I don't know. It was a learning curve for sure. Yeah. And a few pizza people giving me crap for putting the oil in first, you know. <laughs> I was like, I know, I know, but it seems to work. It totally, and it does work. It totally works. I have zero issues, but lately our dough has been coming out so good with this procedure. This is what we're sticking to. Love it. Do you have to adjust your water a little bit then too towards wintertime? I think we talked about 68 or 69 percent. temperatures so, or, 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 or the amount. Do you ever have to adjust the amount? Does it ever come out like too dry or anything like that? Yeah, or? actually, and that's why this isn't totally accurate right now. This says 68 percent. Uh-huh. Yeah, a little over 12. I go a little more than that. I'm adding like, it's only like 50 more grams or so. But I'm adding, it might be closer to 69% right now. Gotcha. Ever since the weather started dipping here a little bit, yeah, I've just started putting a little bit more in. Constantly adjusting. Usually I'd be changing the yeast too, but I feel like the yeast has been really working out still at this percentage right now, so I'm just sticking with it. Oh, perfect. So and that's, yeah, and that's the thing is, you know, being present with your dough, I guess, is that, you know, you can't just, okay, here's the recipe, throw it together. You got to keep an eye on it and, and see the both the before and after and what happens. So. That's why it's so hard too to teach like your team, anyone on your team to make the dough, especially if they're, if they are not someone that makes it at home or doesn't have that much experience with it. So yeah. 
it it does it does need to be read. Like you have to look at it and see what it's doing and feel it when you're getting it out of there. Um, just because it it does need to change. It's yeah. I mean, that's any recipe you're making from scratch. Something's gonna have to change at some point. Yeah. Even if you're making a soup or a stew or whatever, you're you're tasting it because you might need a little more salt or a little less salt or yep. whatever. And same exact and thing. Dough's no different. Dough's no different. It's yeah. still it's still cooking. You know, it doesn't seem like it is, but it is. It's time and temps on everything. Well, now our dough, I, I would tell you, it almost looks like a soft serve ice cream. Like, kinda, Yeah, look at you know, it now, right? Yeah, it's definitely a lot more unified for sure. And look at the edge since we scraped it all. Look how clean the edge of the bowl is and everything. Uh, yeah, it's uh, like almost nothing on it. Yeah, so it's going to be far easier to clean later. Plus, all of that's now in the dough and you're not wasting anything. Oh, for sure. Wow. It's amazing how much that has changed from... Uh, our earlier shagginess to right. uh, very smooth right now. Such so. an amazing thing. You, that's how I was saying. You can take these few dry things and some water and oil and throw it together and you get that. That's insane. That that's is. amazing. Wow. So what do we got? Maybe maybe four minutes or so left on this mix. So I'll probably start adding the oil. Another thing that is a audio clue is you can start to hear it popping a little bit. You can hear yeah. some air in there if you get a list. Hear that? Yeah. Wow. Oh yeah, because it's not the it's not the spiral banging on the bowl. That's actually air. And, yeah, because a lot of times with your other mixer, you'll hear the slapping on the bowl. Yeah, that's almost like your clue on some of it that's getting ready. On this type of mixer, you can start to hear that air popping in there. Wow, like crackling almost. It's a lot of air. It's like if you ever as a, a kid had like silly putty and folded it forward and made a bubble exactly. in it and yeah. popped. That's what it's it exactly sounds like. Exactly what it sounds like. You're yeah. right. Yeah. So once that's my audio clue as well. Once it starts looking like it is right now, we're about ten minutes into the mix and you can start to hear that, that's when I start adding the oil in. And we'll check the temperatures too. I just know from doing it so many times about where it's at right now. So there goes the oil coating the top and got that good uh, olive oil color there. Yeah, definitely adds some nice color to it as well. So I'm gonna dump maybe half of it in, but you can see how it's just kind of coating that. You don't want it to continue to just coat the dough. You want it to mix in. Let's get in there. So give it a few seconds and you'll see how it kind of just starts to get in there. I guess we have moved from a pop to a, a slosh. Yeah, it's more of a slosh <laughs> noise now. So there, now you can see it's kind of getting in there. It's not quite as glossy. Yeah, yeah, our first. We'll go a little more in. Our first olive oil slick has moved in. We're going for number two. And you can also like look in the middle there, look at those bubbles starting to form oh, yeah. and the way it's mixing in there. I love the way that looks. Oh, for sure, yeah. Cause in the, I'll try to describe this best in the audio medium is, is as it's moving around. Thankfully this mixer has a light, which is very helpful too. Very helpful. But at, yeah, right before it hits the, the spiral, you can see large air pockets and bubbles just move around. And, and this dough has changed form like four or five times since we've been doing this. It's pretty cool, right? Very. Amazes, it's, it's amazes amazing. me every time. Yeah, and it's amazing how like how insanely smooth it is right now too. Right? Because like what if just a few minutes ago it looked like a shaggy mess. Yeah. Boom. Now we're gonna let the that last little bit of oil incorporate and we're gonna check the temperature. Perfect. If it's around where we want it, we're good. If not, we just let it go for, you know, like I said, time and temp. When it gets where you want it, you're done. With keeping in mind the concept of not over mixing it, right? That's why you gotta get your temperatures and everything right in the first place because if you're aiming for a 72 and your stuff's too cold, you're going to be mixing it for 25 minutes. To let it warm up and then it's overmixed. Yeah. So that's why all that stuff in the, in the beginning really matters to get it right. Well, and I like too that you're making your dough. 
which is awesome. And, right. and you know, you know an Izzy's pizza tastes like an Izzy's pizza. That's because awesome. of stuff like this, right? Yes. We're the only ones that do whatever this process is, the way we do it, with the stuff we do it. Right. Yeah. And even just like you said, switching from, you know, how you did things in Vegas to here to make things how you want it and changing week to week, adjusting and, and yep. those things too. And the temperature and humidity in this kitchen and, and where you're storing your dough will be different from my kitchen and totally all those things. Your fridge you know. is a different temp, you know, who knows? Like everything. Yeah. Every little variable is totally different. So we're so, dropping the RPM there. Yeah, just turn the speed down a little just to finish it off. Oh, and the dough is pulling itself away a little bit from yeah, the Yeah, look how spiral. relaxed it is, right? It's almost kind of just like, ah, oh, I can chill now. Right. It's like, <laughs> it's like stop beating me up. I'm good. I had a hard day. If this has been 15 minutes and it's still only at 70, I'm not trying to keep beating it up. I'll just let it, you know, do its thing at That's room temp for a little bit. what it needs to be. Yeah. yeah. And it'll still be fine. But like, yeah, if you come look down on the side of the mixer bowl, there's not even anything on it anymore. Oh, it's, there's... It's picked up like everything. Really has. So cleaning's going to be easy. Everything that we put in there is incorporated and going to be used now. That's awesome. All that that time and effort weighing things paid off and, and the scraping paid off. And... Yep. So it's not only about weighing your stuff and putting it in there, it's about just treating the whole process right to, you know, for little things like that that matter in the kitchen, you know? For sure. Let's see what the temperature's at now, shall All we? All right, let it, us. It looks beautiful. I'm down to take it out either way. That looks beautiful. And then you get to see how fun it is to get dough out of this thing. <laughs> I can tell you it's about 71, just by touching that. Let's see. Come on, go up 0.2 so I'm right. 70.9. Come on, come on. There's the ding, the ding means I'm right. <laughs> Well, I just push it a quarter inch lower. Yay, 71, there 71. it was, I said. <laughs> That's awesome. So now I know, okay, instead of, what did we hit, like 42 degree water, mm -hmm. I'll go 44, 45, and then 15 minutes should do this just perfect. That's perfect. So we bulk ferment in the bus tubs. All right, got two trays, so I got, up and some olive oil. Yeah, we're just gonna coat with olive oil so it doesn't stick. Um, otherwise, when you try to pull this out of there, it's going to stick all over. So I also coat the lid because it does rise and I can't predict exactly how much it's going to rise. You know, every dough is a little bit different. But sometimes they rise a bit much and they hit the lid of the container and oh, wow. it's going to stick to your lid too. That makes total sense after you set it, but it was very surprising. I'm like, wait a minute, he's putting olive oil on the, on the lid? What do we do with the lid? Yep. But that makes sense because if it goes up and then you take that lid off and if your dough's stuck to your lid, yeah, nah, then you're in trouble, so. So yeah, I just put olive oil on everything, just a little bit too. It's not like, this isn't trying to get incorporated into the dough. This is just preventing it to stick to, right. make, to make your life easier. So you've got a nice nice squeeze bottle, just a, a drizzle there, yeah. right? Yeah, and then just with... a real small drizzle. I rub it around on the container just so it gets a coating. I use my hands because I got gloves and I need oil on my hand anyway to get the dough out of the mixer. So we'll get two of these bins ready to rock. Will we be putting any olive oil on top of the dough itself after we put it in the bins? No, uh, you'll see as I put it in here, we kind of, I'll cut it out of the mixer and I'll put it in the dough bins. Uh -huh. And then we're gonna go back in another half hour and do a stretch and fold. Oh, okay. And at that point, it, it coats itself gotcha. when, you, when you do that. Okay, because I've seen, you know, some people it's like, oh, sprinkle some flour on top of your dough or yep. put some olive oil on top of your dough, or whatever, to protect that outside. I don't know, I think I kind of like the olive oil move because it keeps the top from getting scaly or drying out. Totally, yeah. yeah. Cool. And I think maybe that comes down to style of pizza too, like a mm. maybe like a really dry, like a tavern style dough. Maybe you can just sprinkle the flour because it's already dry anyway. Sure. You know? But this yeah. one, you're not trying to let it dry out. It will form that skin. 
So by doing our stretch and folds with the oil in the already uh, coating the bin, yeah. it'll, it'll kind of coat the dough already. Perfect. And then if like once we go to actually use this and put it in pans, if I open it up and it does seem to have a little skin on it, I'll put a little oil on at that point, just so it doesn't continue drying out as we're panning. It's gotta moisturize. But it typically <laughs> doesn't need it. Exactly, you gotta moisturize. Yeah. All right, so now we're gonna cut it out. Now you get to see the fun part of getting uh, dough out of this mixer. <laughs> this is gonna be an art, I can tell. We've got the uh, piece of saber. Yep, I just use a, this is an old chef's knife I don't use for anything else. So you grab some and you cut. So we, we got like a two foot piece of dough out of the bowl, pull, pull straight up, and then a, a nice horizontal slice and plan. So while keeping chunk. in mind that you're not trying to, you don't want to yank this too hard and just rip the dough apart either. Oh yeah, because like, you you're affecting your gluten and your structure. Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of a combination of you got to get it out of there, you got to pull it out of there, but don't just rip it out of there. So don't, know, like, don't rip it and don't smash it. We're trying to do a, a surgical. Uh, yep move here. So grab some and cut it off. That way you're not stretching the crap out of your dough and ruining what you've yeah. just built up. Because look at those bubbles in there as I cut it out. Oh right? yeah, we got a nice... Uh, you're not trying to oh, just rip you apart. Like, right? you know, let's let's preserve what we made. You yeah, know? you can definitely see the, the air bubbles, all those, the pops and things are captured in the dough. Yep. Oh, that smells wonderful. It does, right? It smells really good. And you can uh, see, because you've got that blended flour too, you can see so you can get... see some specks and some color yeah, in there. Yeah, yep. absolutely. It's got yeah, character. That's, that's that wheat flour right there. So a, a whole wheat flour would just be darker and a little heavier than that. This just, you can see those specks in there. I don't know, it looks nice too. That's another reason I like it, it just looks nice. All right, so it gets easier as you get more out of there because you can pull a bigger chunk. Oh yeah, that's like a three foot uh, three that guy. piece going in. Wow. And you're welcome. If you want to touch any of it too, like throw on some gloves and touch it, I don't care. You're more than welcome. You're a pizza guy, you'll know what it feels like, so. And keep in mind, this is this kind of rough version before we do stretch and folds and before it relaxes for a little bit. So we put this into two bus bins so there's space for it all to chill. I try to just make them kind of even size. Yeah. So they, just so everything's even. We put a lid on it and let it sit for probably 30 to 40 minutes at room temp and just kind of chill and start to come come to life. How long does this cold ferment then in the fridge? Anywhere between one and three days. It's kind of, I, I prefer a two day. Yeah. Um, I've used up to four days even last week though. It just, it, a lot of that comes down to our fridge space. It's just a shared space. And once my space is taken out, there's no room for anything else in there. Sure. So that's that part until we just divide it up. All right. Cool. And then uh, do, as far as panning the dough, do you usually take it from the tubs? You're, so these two will become four total tubs. And then are you dividing it up um, back here or on the bus? No, nope, that's all uh, right before service. Right before service. Yeah. So okay. uh, yeah, once we divide these up, stretch and fold them, put them in the walk-in. That's yep. just how it lives until we get it out. And until we're ready it's ready to, to roll. Yeah, until Perfect. the day of. Well, that's so we'll get good. it out like three hours before we pan it. Yeah. We'll pan it and it still chills for another hour to two hours. Um, maybe up to three hours by the time it gets used. But awesome. Then it gets devoured and loved and enjoyed like it should. Absolutely. <laughs> well, perfect. So when uh, when we next uh, 
talk to our heroes, then maybe we'll talk about panning and uh, cooking some of this fantastic dough that, that was made up in here. I think so. we should. You've seen it this far. You're going to have to see, you know, what it becomes. In, a, in, our, in somebody's tummy. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate right. you. And that is indeed where we will end this dough-making episode with Brett Geiger of Izzy's Pizza Bus. I love that Brett is willing to share and teach, and I appreciate his time. We're working on a follow-up episode on the bus itself in the mix of a live service. So stay tuned for delicious food audio. Thanks for listening. And until we eat again, stay hungry. Bye-bye. Ha! You thought maybe I forgot. We're going to bring you that recipe one more time. So as far as ingredients goes, you're going to need white patent flour or bread flour. Uh, King Arthur bread flour might be pretty darn close and I think has the same protein percentage as what uh, bread is using. And then he also uses a white wheat flour. This is not whole wheat. This is a little bit different. Um, King Arthur also makes one of those. You're going to need water. You're going to need active dry yeast. Salt, uh, fine sea salt, seems to be uh, pretty well accepted across the industry. And in this case, some extra virgin olive oil. Okay, let's talk baker's percentage. 100% is flour. 10% uh, of that, though, is that white wheat flour. 69% water. 0.28% yeast, that active dry yeast. 2% salt, and then 1.8% extra virgin olive oil. So again, Brett makes a really big batch. Let's break this down for something maybe smaller. Uh, for my home cooking anyway, I like to go with about a 500 gram of flour to, to make up my dough. So this should give you about uh, three or so 255 gram dough portions. So let's go like this. 450 grams of that white patent flour, the 50 grams of white wheat, 345 grams water, 1.4 grams yeast, 10 grams fine sea salt, 9 grams extra virgin olive oil. So that might be a little more manageable for both you and I. So uh, again, not a chef. These are my observations just bringing you this. So maybe you can try Izzy's pizza recipe at home. Big thanks to Brett. Big thanks to you. Big thanks to Izzy's. Big thanks to Trucks and Taps for having us out there. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Okay, now we're really going to end it. Thanks again. And to eat again, stay hungry. Bye-bye. Our show is recorded and produced by Fatterday Omaha. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, as well as email FatterdayOmaha at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and stay hungry. Saturday Omaha. Eat this.